Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Welcome back to the Emerald Office. This is uh, just me and you hanging out today, and we are going to talk about one of my absolute favorite things to cover. This is something that is not just for business owners, but matters immensely to business owners, and that is self-care. And there are multiple public trainings and lots of member trainings that I have done on uh, various topics within self-care, and we are gearing up here in the Emerald office for a six-week self-care challenge that will be starting on May 16th. So mark your calendars for that. But today we're going to talk about possibly one of the hardest things, which is actually scheduling self-care. And not just scheduling self-care in the, you know, in terms of making time for self-care, but also looking at how frequently you should be doing certain types of self-care. So to start off, I'll do a quick recap of my comprehensive theory of self-care. If you've been hanging out with me for very long, you have probably heard this in some capacity. If not, Consider this just the barest intro and know that there are tons and tons of more resources. Uh, feel free to reach out to me on my website or via email, elizabeth at theemeraldoffice.com. So without further ado, the comprehensive theory of self-care. My theory of self-care is that there are three types of self-care and they exist as sort of a, a food pyramid, if you will, or more accurately, They're kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Go ahead and Google that if you don't know what it is. But it's the idea that we have different levels of needs and it doesn't matter as much the tippy top needs if your basic needs aren't being met. So if you think of it as a pyramid, you need to be fulfilling all of the needs in the lowest level before you can start to really consider the next level up. In my uh, self-care pyramid, we're going to have the bottom lit, the most basic level of self-care is maintenance. And maintenance is exactly what it sounds like. It is the literally just take care of yourself side of self-care. It is the how to keep a human alive and sane section. And so those are the things that we often like to neglect. Things like getting enough sleep, eating well, exercising, um, talking to other humans, staying oriented, staying mindful and present. So this level is about how to keep a human alive. Sort of the checklist is going to be sleep, eat, move, connect, and orient. I'll talk a little bit about these in more my more in-depth trainings, but here on the podcast, just know that maintenance self-care is what is required to maintain your physical, mental, emotional well-being. The next level up in our self-care pyramid is what I call restoration. Restoration self-care is the Instagrammable stuff. It is the bubble baths and getting your nails done and going for nature walks and, you know, doing a face mask. It is the pampering, rest, rejuvenation side. And I just listed a lot of sort of beauty and somewhat feminine, although not necessarily just for girls, actions, right? I did a lot of spa things, but spa is only one kind of category of that. Your restoration self-care might be hiking or walking the dog or reading a book or coloring or any of these things you do to relax. Restoration self-care refills your cup. So you can think of it as maintenance self-care is like 
reinforcing the cup, making sure the cup doesn't break. And restoration self-care is filling the cup. And then the tippy top of our pyramid is investment self-care. And investment self-care is about growth. Investment self-care is about not just maintaining, not just you know the restoration which keeps us sane. It is about going beyond that. And so investment self-care are the personal growth exercises. Investment self-care is maybe expanding your social circles or Going to museums, experiencing art and culture is investment. Coaching and other personal development opportunities, retreats that are challenging you, not just like spa retreats, but retreats that are uh, connecting you to your vision and helping you to pursue the life that you can imagine for yourself. That is all investment self-care. The key thing when you're looking at this pyramid is that you need to be making sure you're doing everything in proportion, right? So in a pyramid, in a triangle, that base level maintenance is much bigger than the other two levels. And then that restoration level is medium. And then that investment level is the smallest because there are proportions to this and there's a hierarchy to this. No amount of coaching is going to help you If you never get more than six hours of sleep every night, you need to be doing the maintenance. And now you can say hire a health coach to help you work out. That is a little bit of investment that is helping with maintenance. But no amount of bubble baths is going to fix you never eating green vegetables. You need to be taking care of maintenance primarily, adding in restoration, and then the icing, you know, the cherry on top is restoration, is growth. And they're in those proportions. So that's an intro to my comprehensive theory of self-care. Let's talk about the scheduling. I was talking to a client not long ago who was doing his favorite restoration activity, which is spending time in nature. And he made the comment, I can't believe I haven't done something like this since the fall. And this is April that I am recording this. So that was way too damn long, basically. What is the proportion or the frequency that we need to do self-care like this? So I'm going to break it down into quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily actions. And I'll start with daily because as you can imagine, there are a lot of daily actions that are going to be maintenance self-care. And like I said, maintenance self-care is the stuff that needs to be done the most, right? It is the base of your self-care pyramid. So a lot of that maintenance is daily maintenance, right? You got to get eight, you know, eight hours of sleep, or we'll say seven to eight hours of sleep. I'll give you the seven. Some people do thrive on seven hours of sleep. So seven hours of sleep minimum. You got to be eating a balanced diet, whatever that means for you and your nutritional needs, but probably just making sure you get enough fruits and vegetables, making sure you get enough whole grains, making sure you get enough uh, lean proteins, Diet is not rocket science. Most people who are telling you the diet is rocket science are trying to sell you some fancy thing. Uh, Michael Pollan wrote a really great book if you struggle with eating habits. I highly recommend it. It's called Food Rules. They make it as simple as physically possible. And he just breaks it down into you should eat real food, you should eat not too much food, and you should eat mostly plants because fruits and vegetables and whole grains are are really, really good for you. So eating well, that's a daily self-care activity. Moving daily, that doesn't necessarily mean you need to full-on work out every day, although 
It depends on you. Uh, But not just, you know, walking from your bed to the fridge to your desk, back to the fridge, back to your desk, and then back to your bed. That's no bueno. We want to make sure we have real movement, going for a walk. Uh, I would even say that getting outside is part of that daily maintenance for most of us. We live very indoor lives in in the modern world, and that cannot be good for us. Uh, We need the vitamin D of the sun, obviously with some sunscreen on, but getting outside, looking at a tree, hearing a bird chirp. Maybe this is just my spring fever talking, but it is good for you. You also need to be connecting regularly. Human beings are not islands. We are not solitary creatures. We are exceptionally social beings. And so making sure you have connection with maybe your family, maybe your friends, maybe your coworkers, maybe all of these people. Connection is part of ma- like how you keep a human being happy. Um, I forget the citation and maybe my assistant will pull it up and find it and put it in the show notes for us. But a baby will literally die if it does not have human contact in its first few days of life. Not just the food, not just the right temperature and light and whatever. A human baby must be held in the first few days of their life or they will just die. And I'm not really convinced that we ever grow out of that. Human beings need other humans. So connection is part of that maintenance. And I would argue a daily maintenance. The other thing I have done is orient, and that is a connection to some kind of higher something. For some people, that is filled by religion. For a lot of people, it is filled by a combination of their values, their religion, their goals. For some people, it is just your goals or just your vision for the future that you're out to create. You might even be needing to orient to a specific message in your business or a certain aim in your business. Orienting is the difference between a life that is intentional and a life that is accidental. I personally need to orient daily. I need to maybe look at my vision. I maybe need to pray. I maybe need to meditate. I need to have that higher purpose, higher calling, higher being, all of those higher things. I need to just remember where they are in my world at least once a day. Along the same lines, but it is a different point And this is actually kind of restoration self-care. So please know that these categories are not fully concrete. Something that is investment for you, it's something that is growth, might be maintenance for somebody else. Um, You kind of get to design those categories a little bit yourself. I do think, though, that one piece of maintenance that a lot of people are missing is a daily quiet moment. And I truly mean moment. Maybe that is hiding from your kids on the toilet. Maybe that is calmly sipping your coffee on your porch by yourself. Maybe that is taking a shower and just letting the water run over you. Maybe that is coupled with your orient practice, whatever that is for you. Maybe, you know, you have your prayer and then you have your quiet moment. A quiet moment is a teeny tiny pocket uh, of of quiet, of contemplation, of maybe even meditation or mindfulness, depending on who you are and what your needs are, that you routinely need to have, and I'm going to argue daily. Some people take that quiet moment and expand it into some restoration self-care, and maybe they do restoration self-care every day. Maybe they do uh, 
you know, a bubble bath every day. Maybe they do 30 minutes of yoga every day and that is their restoration, in which case you can kind of double dip there. Some people need restoration daily, but most of us just need maintenance daily. A little bit of maintenance in all the key areas of our life every day and we're good. Let's talk about weekly. Weekly, you're definitely still going to need some maintenance, right? Some things aren't measured on a daily basis. Maybe you go, you do a more intense workout once a week. Maybe you do um, some more in-depth maintenance in some way, shape, or form on a weekly basis. So you might still have some maintenance, but primarily, I think restoration is good to happen on a weekly basis. The degree of that depends on how busy your life is and how much you get to do sort of bigger, broader restoration. But spending some time in restoration each week is a pretty good starting place. And you can add or subtract as you need. This is going to depend on you. I tend to think about them in terms of either a brain break or physical rest. And sometimes it is both. I try to carve out one evening after my daughter goes to bed of Basically, I guess that's like two or three hours between her going to bed and me going to bed. And that is like self-care night. Maybe I'll do a bubble bath. Maybe I will read a silly romance novel. Maybe I will uh, call up and talk to a a friend that is very restorative. Uh, Between you and me, you know how you have some friends who you love talking to, but it's exhausting? And then you have some friends that you love talking to and it is energizing and relaxing and lovely. The second kind is restoration self-care. The first kind is not. So it depends on your friends, depends on your family, whoever, where that uh, phone call would fall into. Weekly restoration, having an afternoon, having an evening, or even a whole day. Maybe your whole Sunday routine is built around restoration. And that can be whatever is going to speak the best to you. Sometimes it can be really helpful to think about your love language if you're familiar with that paradigm for understanding human love and how we give and receive that. Your love language is going to also give you a pretty good clue about how you should love yourself. So for example, I am a gifts love language. If you want to make me feel absolutely adored, buy or make or find me something that is meaningful or fun or lovely. And so for me, sometimes my restoration self-care is like go buy a new bath bomb and use it or um, buy myself a fancy new haircut or a new bottle of nail polish to use. These are all spa things. I guess I have spa things on the mind. Um, But, you know, maybe it's a new pair of sunglasses. Uh, Maybe it's just going to buy like a new swimsuit or something that I've Uh, been wanting that will make me feel loved by myself. So check your love language for some clues as to some really good, in particular, restoration self-care for you. There are going to be some maintenance things that happen uh, on a weekly basis. Like I mentioned, one of the big ones is what I call proactive life management. Proactive life management is a super underrated form of self-care. Proactive life management prevents your life from getting crazy. So that's getting the car inspected before it's overdue. That's uh, clearing, you know, sorting the mail the second it comes into the house as opposed to creating a giant stack of it. That's things that make 
your life easier that you proactively do in order to take care of future you. Taking care of future you is a really helpful way to think about a lot of types of self-care, but in particular maintenance, right? We work out so that later we don't get heart disease. We get enough sleep so that we are not cranky and tired the next morning. We have to be proactive in order to take care of ourselves well. Okay, we talked about daily. We talked about weekly, monthly self-care. Monthly, again, you are still going to have some proactive life management. You're still going to have those big things. Sometimes you need to do like a monthly life admin day where you run all of your errands. You take care of all those bills and piles of paperwork or piles of whatever physical or metaphorical in your life. Proactive life management might be a monthly thing. In terms of restoration, if possible or and or if required based on the busyness or stress level of your life, having a day designated for restoration is fantastic. Once a month, having a day that is about self-care. And maybe that's a combination day. Maybe you spend the morning doing some proactive life management, some sort of not life admin stuff I talked about, and then you spend the afternoon sitting outside under a tree with lemonade reading a book. That is totally fine. For me, uh, I can only go a certain number of weekends without having a day at home. I need a full day at home probably more than once a month. I would probably say like three times a month. Uh, a day that I'm not working, so I don't work Friday, so it could be Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, that I don't have to go anywhere, that I can both do some proactive lifestyle management, maybe, you know, clean out the freezer or figure out what on earth is sitting on my desk or whatever is piled up, and then also spend some quality time with my daughter for that connection, uh, spend some in-depth time taking a bath or gardening in the yard, which I have a love-hate relationship with. I mostly love it, but I sometimes don't love it. Um, Those things, for me, I need that three times a month at least. Uh, For you, maybe your life is so crazy that you're like, I can't imagine a whole day that I wasn't working that I got to spend at my home. In which case, carving out just one of those in a month will be life-changing. The other thing on a monthly basis is on a monthly basis, you can think a little bit more about investment self-care. And where you're at in life is going to determine what kind and how much investment self-care you need. To be honest, investment self-care, we don't have to be doing all the time. Not every season of our life is a season of personal and professional growth. And you can quote me on that. We often think about like, if you're not growing, you're dying, or we should always be coming better, or yada, yada, yada. But the truth is, as a real human in the real world, sometimes we are trying to maintain. We are trying to maintain the integrity of our cup and keep that cup full. And going beyond that is not within our reach right now. And that is okay. If you are in one of those seasons of your life, ignore what I have to say about investment self-care. But if you are rock solid on the maintenance, and you are doing pretty darn good on the restoration, it can be time to introduce some investment self-care. These are things like education, uh, cultural exposure, 
so that's like museums or reading great nonfiction or or reading classic fiction, like really good literature. These are personal development experiences that you might buy from some kind of coach or consultant. These are the retreats. These are the big moves that you make to grow. So what these are is going to really, really depend on you. First, Here's a great example. For some people, going to therapy might be considered maintenance. Like that is a baseline. In order for me to be a sane human being, I have to go to therapy. For some people, therapy might be restoration, getting it off their chest, whatever's going on in their world, spending some time with a non-judgmental human that fills their cup. That's restoration for them. They leave feeling a thousand pounds lighter. For some people, therapy could be investment self-care, investing in growing past internal obstacles or investing in becoming better or more balanced. Where something falls for you might be different depending on who you are. Eating right and exercising, the physical stuff is almost always going to show up in maintenance for pretty much everybody. Um, But you could have regular sort of movement and working out in maintenance, but maybe some upper level of growth or stretching yourself that you put into the investment self-care category. There is a lot of flexibility here. And at different seasons of our life, things can be coded differently. So keep that in mind. This is a very fluid pyramid. But investment self-care in general is something that if it's on the plate for you, if you're in a position where your maintenance and restoration self-care are fully met, then adding in some investment self-care on kind of a monthly basis. And maybe that means once a month you go take a class or once a month you go to a new cultural experience in your city or over the course of a month you want to read one great book. However you want to do that, I highly recommend checking in on your investment, on your growth once a month. Finally, the big category or the widest category we're going to talk about is quarterly self-care. I am a big believer that quarterly you should take a big chunk of time off from your normal life. And some of you are going to laugh at me because I I take a week every quarter at least. Uh, quarter two, I took two weeks. Um, but that's because I've designed my life intentionally so that I could do that, right? I built my whole business so that I could do things like take real maternity leave and take uh, – whatever time off I needed or wanted to have. And so I take a big chunk of time off every quarter, sometimes multiple times a quarter. I also take little chunks, like I might take a three-day weekend once a month at least. Um, I mean, I never work Fridays, but sometimes like we go away for a three-day weekend. On a quarterly basis, though, I recommend having a big chunk of time, whatever a big chunk of time is for you. If you have kids, you'll also note that you kind of have this built in, like spring break is usually second quarter or first quarter, um, or maybe sometimes early second quarter. Then you have summer break. You usually do like summer family vacation at some point in second or third quarter, then you might have fall break or, you know, time off for the holidays in fourth quarter. So there is like, when I say a week off every quarter, you might be like, what? But then when you look at the calendar, like you kind of are already doing this. We're just going to be more intentional about it. 
So setting aside big chunks of time off, making sure we've done whatever we need to do for those big chunks of time off to be self-care. Because how many times have we gone on vacation and like the kids have fun or our spouse has fun, but like we didn't really get any relaxation in because we were constantly busy or constantly cruise directing the whole affair. So do whatever proactive life management you need to actually enjoy those big chunks of time off. And they don't have to be vacations. I took a week off to clean my whole house, which is not necessarily fun, but is definitely self-care. My house is so much more functional and more clean because I did that. Some kind of quarterly uh, big chunk uh, to reset in terms of maintenance and or to have that restoration and maybe a dash of investment. That is a sort of general timeline prescription for how often you should be inputting self-care. Self-care is not something we just do on our birthdays or on Mother's Day or Father's Day. Self-care should be daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly. You should have different levels of the care and keeping of a you built into your life. I'm not going to get very far if I don't maintain the things that are required to keep me healthy and sane. I am not going to be able to serve my clients if I am not continually, weekly, and sometimes daily revisiting the restoration, refilling my cup. There's a lot of re's in level two. And in order for me to become the business owner that I want to be, to grow and to learn and to change, I'm going to have to have those investment opportunities. I'm going to have to be conscious about growing, becoming better, becoming more who I want to be. I hope that this uh, little foyer into my very deep world of self-care has been interesting for you. There will be lots of links below, including a link to our six weeks of self-care challenge. Like I said, that will be starting on the 16th. It will include daily self-care actions. Maybe they're things that you can do. Uh, Some of them will be, you know, across the board, all of these levels, as well as some more in-depth training on how to incorporate self-care, what self-care really, really is besides the sort of hashtag self-care bubble bath world of Instagram. And I hope that you all join us for that. Thank you for spending your time with me, Elizabeth Tolis, here in the Emerald office. If you want to hear, watch, read, and learn more about entrepreneurship, focus, and living a life of impact, I invite you to check out Full Focus Entrepreneur, where I coach small business owners to be more effective, more organized, more profitable, and more impactful. If you're interested in listening to more of me talking to myself and others, please check out The Emerald Office, where all the episodes for all of my podcasts can be found. Both The Emerald Office and Full Focus Entrepreneur, as well as my social media and the show notes, can be most easily found at elizabethtolis.com. And I want to especially thank Eric Tolis, who made the sweet backtrack you're listening to now, and Maria Carius, who made the beautiful artwork that graces this podcast's cover. A link to all of Maria's art can be found in the show notes.